Well, anybody else wake up at 5 a.m. this morning with a sonic boom, felt like an airplane next to your house? I tell you what. Um, I'm coming to you from Blacksburg, Virginia. I live two miles from Virginia Tech. I grew up in Virginia, but both my mom and dad are from here. In fact, uh, my mom lives about a mile or two or so. She'll probably say it's longer than that, but from this church. In fact, every holiday I get the privilege of sitting with you and worshiping God with you. And then Gib and I have been friends for a long, long time in the world of church planting. And of course, uh, as David mentioned, way back before uh, the pandemic, my family calls it in the second age of Middle Earth. Um, I had a men's retreat opportunity with you guys, which was wonderful. I do a lot of those, actually, and it's one of the privileges of my ministry. So I'm glad to be back. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about my crew. I am not with them on Father's Day. I have a, a daughter in New Jersey right now, another daughter who's in Suwannee. Uh, my wife's in North Carolina with her family. Uh, and this is my crew. I've been married 27 years. Casey, that's her in the back. We kind of cheesed it up with this picture. So uh, Kayla in the front goes to Washington Lee University, a rising senior. Uh, Tommy is 17, almost 17. He'll be a junior, yeah, junior in high school coming up this coming year. And then Kyleen Monahan. I apologize if you have any Rhodes College folks in here uh, because she's ruining Rhodes on the soccer field all the time now. Uh, rookie of the year for her conference or team playing at Swanee University of South. Any Swanee people here? I was, I was told specifically there were some Swanee people here, maybe in the 1045. So that's my crew. I run a small ministry called the Gospel Underground. I have three purposes to what I do. I support and strengthen local churches. So I do a lot of training of church leaders. I coach church planters. I'm designing church planter residencies for a large national network right now, and I love that lane of my work. Probably my most passionate lane is sharing the gospel with young people. Uh, I converted uh, when I was 20 years old studying physics on a wrestling scholarship at the University of North Carolina. I went to UNC, did not play basketball. That's probably self-evident uh, by standing behind Gibbs' podium looking like a, a small person. But that's where I came to faith. And so I share our, on university campuses. I shared with 100 high school wrestlers last weekend in Pennsylvania at a camp. I love staying in the game, sharing the good news of Jesus with people uh, 18 to 25, kind of my sweet spot. Some of you might be in that today. I do a lot of churches as well around the country. I'll be here and then another one next week, and then I'll end my two-month sprint of speaking that my wife will be happy about. And then finally, my ministry is involved in thoughtful engagement. We have a unique cultural moment that God has called us to live in. It has challenges. It has opportunities. It has blessings. So we do a podcast called The Gospel Underground that's about how do we thoughtfully engage people in this culture with the good news of Jesus Christ. So that's my eclectic ministry. Today, though, is Father's Day. I'm thankful to be with you on this day. In fact, when Gib and I were texting, I, was, I think I was here in January, and we were texting back and forth. He goes, I need to get, get you back. What are your free dates? I was like, well, I'm free on Father's Day. If my wife will let me go, he goes, let's do it. So six months ago, he asked me to be with here because today I get to talk about what one Hollywood song once said. These are a few of my favorite things, and that's for you, Mom. Uh, I get to talk about today the importance of being a dad, okay? Uh, even more, the important truth of the fatherhood of God and how the good news of Jesus brings us home to a family and our creator. Now, for me... Um, even the word father is kind of brings up uh, ambivalent, mixed emotions, right? Uh, many of us struggle with this, right? There, I have such wonderful memories of my dad coaching my teams, doing pull-ups on his arm when I was a little dude. 
And then I have some terrible, difficult, painful memories when I think of the word father. Even today, the phone call will probably be difficult for me. My life today, though, is very much in the orbit of being a dad. I never kind of speak without introducing my kids because I love them. They just bought me a grill cover, like this big 380-inch round steel thing with my logo steel printed in it. And my wife's like, do you need that? Yes, I need that. And this is the answer, ladies, if your husband wants a different grill or cooking apparatus, the answer is yes. If you're married, you have a good marriage for that. So I, I think about my kids all the time. I'm a dad. And look, fathers at their best care about what and who is in their sphere of care, their sphere of trust, and their sphere of leadership. Fathers at their best what provide and protect for their people. And on the flip side, fathers can do a lot of damage in this world. But here's the truth. Dads always make a difference. Dads always make a difference. This is universally, scientifically, academically researched and rigorous truth. In fact, there's something called Father Facts of the National Fatherhood Initiative that just demonstrate, look, if dad's not around at all, it's harder on kids. Father-child contact, right, it was associated with better overall socioeconomic, academic functioning, and all the kind of hard stuff of life increases when dad is not around. This is the beauty of the church, too, because we are around for one another when there are circumstances that are difficult. Now, this is an interesting thing. In the L.A. Times, right, 2016 article, it said this, five things pediatricians want dads to know about parenting. And this was some rocket surgery revelation when I read this article. It said, be a role model, talk to your kids, and play with them. Shocking, right? Those things, right, be a role model, talk to your kids, play with them, changes the world. Finally, perhaps my favorite quote to dads came from a doctor named Meg Meeker in her 2007 book, Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. I'll put it on the screen for you. Most of you out there are good men as well, but you are good men who have been derided by a culture that does not care for you, that in terms of the family has ridiculed your authority, denied your importance, and tried to fill you with confusion about your role. But I can tell you that fathers change lives as my father changed mine. You are a natural leader and your family looks to you for qualities that only fathers have. You are made a man for a reason. And your daughter is looking to you for guidance that she cannot get from her mother. Dad impacts destiny. Let's pray. God, I just pray now that we might look to your word and to see wonderful things, challenging things, beautiful things that might guide our way. Give us what we need in this life. Each of us, we've made so many mistakes. We break stuff, God. We may be in a situation today where we're not super hopeful about the relationships we have either with our father or with our children. But Father, we know you're the one that raises the dead. You give hope to the hopeless. You can give us what we need 
individually and together as fathers. And Lord, I just pray that you bring a spirit of encouragement on us all as we look to the scriptures to see who you are to us and who we might be to others. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the unique things in the teaching of Jesus, right, is that he used this intimate language for the creator of all things. In fact, when his friends asked, hey, teach us to pray, he said, pray in this way. And and everybody who grew up around Roman Catholicism, like my Irish family, right, knows that that prayer Jesus gave us begins with what? Our Father. Our Father. One thing that's clear, right, all of the human beings in the world are created by God. In fact, everything is created by God. Yet there's something additionally said about those who enter into a relation, a covenantal relationship with God. And Jesus said this clearly in his time on earth. If you, if you want to hear something shocking, listen to John chapter 1. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, yet his people did not receive him. But all who did receive him... Who believed in his name, he gave the right, the power to become children of God. Who were born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but born of God. The shocking thing in the Bible is that God has kids. He initiates, provides, and protects for his kids. And that Jesus cares deeply about our paternity. Who's your daddy? Jesus cares that we answer that question in a specific way, that he desires for human beings not simply be creations of God, but to become children of God. Now, Jesus used a word, though, to describe human beings apart from God in this world. He used the term lost. Lost alienated, living spiritually orphaned in the world. In fact, I want to give you these three words, and I want you to feel them for a moment. Lost. Lost. A few years ago, the NCAA Wrestling Championships were in Madison Square Garden in New York City. And, man, I go every year. I love it, man. I'm the chaplain for the Virginia Tech wrestling team. We do work. I love the national tournament. I took my son with me to New York City. He was like eight, nine years old at the time. And my wife told me ahead of time, remember, Reed, this one likes to wander. This one likes to uh, go off on his own. He cannot do that in New York City. And we high-fived in a marital way and said, amen. After a session, we're walking out. Tommy's on my hip. I'm probably texting somebody on my phone like an idiot. I turn around and my son was gone. This is right outside the big Penn Station, tons of people everywhere. And I start thinking to myself, if your kid is lost, the first five minutes, the first 60 minutes are absolutely essential. I have a friend who's like a cop and a, he, he does stuff, man, right? He, so I'm thinking of like his training, what to do. And I just start screaming, Tommy, 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 Tommy. I couldn't find him. First of all, I thought, my wife, she's killing me. I'm just, she's killing me. And then I thought of my little dude. 
He's away from dad. He's lost in this throng of humanity. And then five minutes later, this Ohio State Buckeye fan, I don't even like Ohio State, <laughs> walks up to me with my boy. Lost. Second word, orphaned. Orphan. You've probably seen movies, Oliver Twist, Little Orphan Annie, The Rescuers, right? One of the best orphan movies, I think. The original Rescuers. Orphaned without dad. And then finally, lost, orphaned, and loved. Loved. I had some friends in New Jersey when we were planting churches up there. Yes, we did move to New Jersey on purpose and plant a bunch of churches. Everybody, I moved from Nashville to New Jersey, from a big church in Nashville. And they're like, why are you doing that? They're like dragons in New Jersey or something, man. They're going to, like, yeah, we're going there for God, right? I had some dear friends in New Jersey who were foster parents. Bringing kids in to love them. You see, the father of, fatherhood of God is not simply conceptual or philosophical. God looks at lost and orphaned people with love and, and he brings them into a life of family. And the word the Bible uses for this is wonderful. It's adoption. I'm going to read you something out of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians chapter 1. And, and this is from the message, a paraphrase of the Bible. It's not the Bible, it's a paraphrase of the Bible. In Ephesians 1, 3 through 6, how blessed is God and what a blessing he is. He is the father of our master, Jesus Christ. He takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind. He had settled his focus on us in his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. Guy, this word adoption, when I began to look at this as a young Christian in my 20s, it almost made me shake to my bones with such joy. And good look, adoption, how, how does that happen? Well, what's God's adoption process, right? It's, it's a lot better than some of the processes that people make. What is the paper trail? What are our adoption papers? You see, the Bible says that it's God's choice, right? You don't adopt yourself, right? Every movie we see, somebody wanting to be adopted, someone comes for them. This is the choice of God, the choice of a kind father. This is out of his love for people, and this is part of a plan before the foundation of the world. How does he do this? Well, he does it by grace. The Bible says, for by grace you've been saved through faith. We put our trust in Jesus. We're saved. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. You see, Father's Day, man, I, got, I, I think I won Father's Day. Let's just be honest. I got a big metal piece of metal to cook meat on with my ministry logo jacked into it. I won, right? Think about this. God is the gift giver to us today. God gives his gift 
of his fatherhood to us by bringing us into his family. Ephesians 2.9, not a result of works. It's not because we did a bunch of religious push-ups or did the right song and dance or that we cleaned up when he came to get us, right? No, it's not what we do. Why? So that no one may boast. I mentioned New Jersey. We did plant uh, some churches up there on purpose. Like, go up there and do that. We planted one church and, by God's grace, had the privilege of helping 10 other churches be planted in about a decade. And we used to say this all the time out in the streets. Our church is a place for those who have grown weary with religion but still find themselves thirsty for God. We were talking to a lot of Hindus, a lot of ex-Roman Catholics, right? Weary with religion, which is said, it's all up to you. Make dad like you. Anybody ever done that game? That's not the way of our good creator father. That's just dead religion says, get it all right, then maybe God will like you. The good news of Jesus says, all is done on your behalf. You receive the gift because God is a good, good father. Then he calls us into this family, Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk them. We get to grow up with God, be changed, and be part of the family business. That God puts something in people that he might bless the world. Right? Jesus said it this way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give praise to your Father who is in heaven. So what is our response today to this idea of dad? I've talked to many friends over the years to say I should really struggle with thinking of God as a father because of the struggles I had with my earthly dad. And to that I said, man, when I heard God wasn't like that, I was like, this is a good trade. What if we had a horrible dad, an absent dad, an evil dad. They do exist. Maybe you had, I was talking to David backstage, maybe you had a loving and wonderful dad. I know my wife did. When I got married, you know, some, some people get in-laws. I got a dad. Does anybody have a perfect dad? Men, don't try to be that. We're not that. No one can have one of those, but we can have God as Father in our lives. I love this quote from a man named Tom Cole. He's the leader of the Manhattan, New York City chapter of something called the New Canaan Society. It's kind of a fellowship for business, business people. And he said this, inheritance is what we leave for others. Legacy is what we leave in others. Remember, a good dad cares about the what and more particularly the who is in his circles of care, trust, and leadership. God cares much more about the who who is coming next into his kingdom and to his family. And in God, we do have a perfect father who gives to us. What does he give us? He gives us a good name. This is Ephesians 3. For this reason I bow my knees before who? The Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to his riches and glory you may be strengthened to the power of his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ would dwell in your hearts through faith, being rooted and grounded in love. 
We have a name from God, and it's a good name. No matter what we've done in the past. No matter how we fathered in the past. God can turn every situation into something that is good and a blessing to others. Or Romans chapter 8. This is wonderful, wonderful teaching. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For we are all led by the Spirit of God, our sons of God. You didn't receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. We cry out to our dad. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we might also be glorified with him. You guys ever been involved in like a state trust or someone fighting about the stuff that somebody... Look, when, you, when we're all gone, right, we're leaving some stuff. And it can get silly. People hurt each other over this stuff. Fight for the stuff, right? Did you realize that all who put their faith and trust in Christ are heirs to the kingdom of God? Everything that belongs to God, the Father, He shares generously with His kids. We have an inheritance, right, that can never spoil, fade, or perish kept in heaven for us. Stock market doesn't burn it up. Nobody can touch it. There is no fight about it, and it's for our good. As we close this morning, wherever you are today, and I want to speak specifically to the men who might be fathers. Where do we go from today as a dad? Well, if you're not sure that you're a child of God by faith in Jesus, give yourself your future and your family to God today. Today. God has given himself to us, eternity, a wonderful family, called the church, and we enter into that by faith. We simply put our trust in Jesus Christ and trust our good Father, that he died for my sins, paid for them, including the sins of the fathers. We turn from sin and self to a new way with God, with Christ, to love others. My counsel today for my dad friends, I'm just going to admit I love being a dad. It's hard. Sometimes people say, wow, how'd your kids end up the way they are? It's hard. It's work. It's dedication. It's focus. I say this to men all the time. Look, I know you have creativity. You have energy. You, you go to work and do stuff. Why not? Why shouldn't your children get some of the best of you? My counsel to my dad friends, don't father your own family without a father. Heavenly father. If you don't have an earthly dad who's a good mentor, be like me. I remember I, remember, I would see like I, I was old people that had children older than me, and their kids liked them still. I'll never forget when I was about to come up with a new dad, I was like, 
Oh, that, that, his kids liked him. I would roll up to him. Hey, can I take you to coffee? I'm buying lunch, whatever you want to do. How did that happen? That seems to me like one of the beautiful miracles in the world. Your kids like you. Tell me something, please. Also, don't father your family without the wisdom of the father. Be a man of the scriptures. Be a man of the word of God. Don't father alone. Do it with your brothers. I was using the restroom, and uh, you can't use the restroom at Living Hope without seeing what's going on because above the urinals and on the back of the doors and the bathroom stalls, there's announcements. And they didn't tell me to say this, but I saw this. I don't even know what this is. Corner booth groups. I don't know what that is, but it sounds like if I'm a dad, I want to be in one this summer with other brothers. We don't father without the strength and supernatural power of the Spirit of God living in us. We don't father without repentance, turning from sin and self. We're going to blow it. We may blow it today. Apologize. You know, some of us have gone decades without hearing from a dad. I'm sorry that I hurt you like that. I'm sorry that I let you down. Hey, I shouldn't have blown up like that. You know what? When kids hear that from dad a lot, they start to trust dad. Repentance and faith. We trust in God. We turn from our sin. We be honest. We own it. And we walk forward in his path. His path is by grace and a gift in Jesus Christ. We are trusting hand in hand in Jesus Christ. We're following his word with his family, the community known as the church. Can you do it? Nope, can't do it. Can God do it? Yes. He can turn dad into the biggest blessing word in the world if we trust him, humble ourselves, and let him. My final word over you is just a blessing to the fathers. And if we could be a little cheesy, I'd like the dads to stand up. Look, some of us, we got work to do today. We might have a very difficult call we need to make. We may be in a situation where we're very estranged and separated from our dads. And we got, we got to step back to it. You may have little ones you are going home today and they may be buying you an awesome gift. But the greatest gift has been purchased and offered to you today. And I want to say over to you men this simple blessing from the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. The Lord bless you. And keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, men. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and today give you peace. Amen. Let's pray. You may be seated. Father, thank you for these men. Thank you for who you are in our lives. We need you, Lord. We don't want to. Uh, enter this journey as a father uh, without you. I just pray for the, the new dads in the room, that they would have vision for their life. They wouldn't just float. They'd be intentional. They'd find mentors. They'd find wisdom from the scriptures to begin this journey as a dad. I pray for all the seasoned men in this room. We thank you for the many years, the wisdom in their lives, the mistakes and the blessings, the victories and the defeats, all the things that they've uh, walked in in this role. I just pray we would not uh, leave them alone in this church, but we would inquire, how did you walk this path? How can we do it better? 
And Lord, for each of us, I just pray that the heaviness, even of the day sometimes, we would give to you. And we'd rise in resurrection strength with hope that you can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine in and through us as dads. And we'd put our energy, zeal, creativity, and focus into little ones coming. Those you put in our care and trust that we'd leave them in your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.